Hi, I'm Marina Sirtis, and you're going boldly with Beyond Trek Podcast. This is Beyond Trek Podcast, your source for Star Trek on social media and around the web. I'm Big J. I'm Watney. And I'm Dag, the Trivia Master. You can find us on Facebook at Beyond Trek Podcast and on Twitter at Beyond Trek Pod. So, Juan, you got some N95 masks. That's good. Uh, yeah, I, uh, as you can see, my co-hosts are being very smart. Being healthy. very careful. Yes, I, on the distancing. other hand, have been isolated and I'm wearing lip gloss, so I'm not going to put mine on. Um, we got to look pretty for a podcast, right? I do. Yeah, you have to look, look kind of cute. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I ordered two. two and a, do I look good what? in my mask? Yeah, it suits you. For sure, you look almost like a scorpion. Dang, are you wearing two of them? What is, what do you got going, three? Why do you have three masks on? It's not that bad out there. I wore, du I double down when I go to the grocery store because, oh. um, you know, you can never be too careful. And plus the regular masks, like surgical masks aren't really super protective on their own mm -hmm. so i double down and then i just like sanitize get all my stuff sit like go through the checkout after sanitizing again and then like oh. sanitizing before i get in the car because like you you don't realize how much stuff you actually touch i think in the store oh you're right you're right but now that we're yeah, more anyway I, I i ordered two n95 masks which are the type of masks that actually keep out viral like droplets mm -hmm. um I ordered two reusable ones back when this like got serious, right. which I probably should have done before. I still haven't gotten them. Uh, like, how much you pay for them? Like two, uh, three hundred dollars for one? No, it was. <laughs> I think the total order was like seventy because they're reusable and they're like yeah. super sturdy and they have filters you can put in and out. But um, well, yeah, those price guys are really getting busted. I was hoping to get mine in. Yeah, I was hoping to get it in because I was going to like ship one to my dad who's immunocompromised, oh. but turns out he found a whole bunch from his work anyway. So Right, gotcha. I, I really should look into that order because it's been a minute. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, Dag, <laughs> Dag, let's hear your best Bane impression. You know Bane from The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, but I'm muted. No, you're not. Not you know anymore, but I, I was doing you it. Were, you were, you were muted. Oh, I muted. We're going to have to have a big <laughs> reminder like, dag on mute. No one cared who I was until they put on the mask. Let's see. My best Bane impression. All right. So this is Bane mm -hmm. on a on a Klingon, on a cloaked Klingon vessel attacking, attacking Kirk. Oh my. Okay. I can see you, Kirk. Can you see me? <laughs> I mean, no one knew who I was until I got on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just wanted to show these off. That's why I just brought them all. Those these are nice. made Those by are a friend of ours. Yeah, these are made by a friend of ours. How lacy! Wow, oh, you got a little cool surprise here. on the inside there. And then, like, uh, this one is uh, for the empire, for for Wrong the franchise. empire, or the, or the or the rebellion, whichever one, for mm -hmm. the empire. <laughs> and then this is this is the one I wear when I go four wheeling. I like that, I like that one. That's nice. You go four wheeling in the desert with your ATV. Wow. When, whenever whenever I happen to rent one when I'm in Pismo. This is that's a, a badass mask for sure. 
So right. I'm going to have to like act with my eyes, but now I'm going to have to take this off because I can't drink my prune juice through it. No, it's like, too hot for that. I know. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that's. We're all social distancing. Oh, social distancing. Yeah. We're very far from each other. So, ooh, that was fun. Man, it feels cooler. For you medical professionals that wear these things all day, I mean, hats off to you. I don't know how you do it. You are goddamn heroes. Yes. Thank you so much for what you do. I know the stress is so immense. Mm-hmm. You are you are the heroes this entire situation. Like, yeah. And we're also hoping that you get the opportunity to take care of yourselves as well, even uh, though you are on the front lines. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Make sure you... Self-care, you know, your downtime is your precious downtime, and um, we're all thinking about you. Yes, we are. So. Yes, we are. Well, without further ado, uh, what do we have on the agenda today? Well, we are continuing our <laughs> retrospective on mm-hmm. Star Trek Picard. Today's episode is about Space Legolas. Space Legolas, yes, yes, or Elnor, and we and we've got a gift here. Is that is that just the uh, the one we can play that one through the through the episode? Oh Do, no, there's there's, oh. there's more, there's more. I, I knew you there's, would there's, choose to live. <laughs> choose to live. Oh, nice, nice, choose to live. I, I like Alex Space Kurtzman Legolas. Really loves that line. <laughs> choose to live. Mm. So yeah, uh, yeah, he was uh, I. Go, my dad. Why don't you go ahead and, and and start us? I like I like this guy. So we're gonna do the character assassination, or I mean uh, retrospective of right. space legolas. It's gonna be hard to <laughs> to speak ill of baby Elnor. Oh, uh, what are, I, what are your thoughts, Dag? Why don't you kick well, us off? Yeah. Well, okay. So for those who maybe haven't watched Picard or um you know, need a refresher. Elnor was a young boy who was orphaned during the devastation of the supernova that impacted the Romulan Empire. And he ended up living with the Kowat Malat, which are uh, essentially uh, space ninja nuns um, who abide by a philosophy called absolute candor, which is you are honest to a fault. Um, There isn't even like a semblance of of holding back information you just give it out which is something cool about elnor where he's like constantly speaking that truth throughout the episode or the series um picard comes to him and asks elnor to bind his blade to his quest uh in a very fantasy moment and elnor comes along for the ride and he gets to enjoy uh life on the spaceship with rios and he ends up uh along fighting alongside hugh at some point and he ends up uh, at the crescendo, helping to subdue the synths while uh, they try to figure out how to stop this signal uh, from calling Synthulu. Uh, Elnor was uh, portrayed by actor Evan Evagora, uh, his first outing with Star Trek. And um, I personally feel that Evan nailed the role for what he was given. Exactly. Um, Yes. Elnor didn't have a lot of scenes, I feel like, thinking and just in retrospective. Um, there were a number of, of episodes where Elnor was just sort of there on the sidelines uh, and not featured as much as I would have wanted, which kind of makes him like my fan favorite of the series. Jay, what did you think about Elnor? I, I thought that uh, as, a, as a character, he was a lot of fun. And, and he, was, he was funny, but not comic relief funny it was he was kind of like that naive 
young kid, you know, and he was very wholesome. Uh, he had a he had a mission. He had a uh, a pact with Picard, and he was going to do everything he could to uh, to fulfill that that pact uh, and and honorably. But he he was born and raised on this uh, on this one planet. Really hadn't seen a, you know, he hadn't gotten out out of his neighborhood. You, you know, he's like that neighborhood kid. He he knows his his area where he's at. He hasn't seen a whole lot of. Uh, the the galaxy or or anything else and um, you know that that comes up because he's just a he tells it like he sees it he's not he's a very uh, not a lot of bullshit kind of kind of guy and uh, I've, I've got to tell you here is I had many moments with uh, Elnor that I like the funniest I think was uh, probably during um, when they arrived on free cloud before they did the, uh, the caper on free cloud, uh, everyone got their customized, you know, pop-up advertisements and, uh, Eleanor's like, I didn't get one. <laughs> so, right. So, yeah, there it is. There it is. The yeah, there's a, <laughs> I didn't get one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They get ready to go. And that, that was yeah. it, stuff like that. You know, that, that was just, it was humorous without him being comedy relief. And that's what I liked. And choose Liv. Yes, he was. Uh, he was quite the badass. He was very good with the sword. Watney, how about you? Um, I I like Elnor. I think um, his costume design is probably my favorite in mm -hmm. the series uh, so far. And um, you know. I wish we had seen more of him. Uh, it's unfortunately he he suffered from poor writing uh, and poor usage. You know, like he's such a powerful character. You know, physically extremely adept um, to the point where he can make guns in space not matter because he has a sword like that's pretty big <laughs> um so i think that i think i think he was great when we saw him um you know i think that he kind of broke out whenever they were on the cube and and he comes into picard's rescue and stays behind despite Picard um telling him you're free from this oath you know that's not how really an oath works <laughs> first right. of all it's not he's Picard, see come through. on like yeah and, and honestly like you bind this guy to your cause and then he you don't use him like the way that you wanted him to help you um he's kind of like picard's muscle you know he's like absolutely super agile lift like very lean guy who's gonna protect him and then you tell him not to do that and he's not gonna listen he's there to have his own adventure you know he's there to do his own thing not everyone in the show which i think something i really liked was at the whim of picard um 
he kind of did his own thing in the end and i really appreciated that and i hope we get to see more of him well i think he he just he didn't want to have him risk his his life well to a to a point because picard has known this kid ever since he was a little boy um taught him fencing uh spent a lot of time with him and it 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 almost seemed like uh, picard treated him like a I don't know about a son, maybe a, a son. It seemed like there was this this connection they had, and I wonder if some of that was um, uh, because Picard didn't get to spend that kind of time uh, with Renee, with his nephew Renee, his his uh, his brother's son, and as you know, in the events of Star Trek Generations, they were uh, they were burned in a fire, and uh, if and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm almost positive that uh before the events of uh, uh season four it was uh, uh what was the what was the name of the episode after best of both worlds part two it was when he went back to france family to, uh, family yes yes family kind of uh, recover recuperate uh was that the first time that picard had met renee or had it just been a while he knew renee when he was much younger I, I'm a little, I'm a little foggy on that point, but, but anyway, the, the point I'm making is it seemed like maybe he wanted to do things differently. You know, he was always out in space. He wasn't really a family man. Uh, he said that to Riker at the start of uh, encounter Farpoint when, when Riker came aboard, uh, he was kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> Your lamenting job would be about, to take care of the children. <laughs> right. Right. He said, I'm not a family man and uh, Starfleet gave him a ship full of kids. So, I think this, he kind of took it as this is my chance to, to have a, a son or a nephew and, and connect and have that bond. Uh, so he was, he was looking out for him. You know, he, you, you bind this, this person, this young man to your cause and, and, and to your quest, yet you don't want to have his life on, on your hands. You don't want to be the one that, okay, I watched him sacrifice himself for me because he Picard already seen that done and he's still mourning that loss for um from when data did that so but he asked him to do that like mm-hmm. he knew yeah. it's a lost cause that's the whole point of like why they only bind themselves to lost causes which is fucking weird first of all <laughs> why is that a thing why do they only buy themselves to lost causes? I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. know. And, and and the lost cause thing is a double-edged thing because when Picard says that the lost cause he knows is because of his disease. Mm-hmm. But the other crew members think it's a lost cause because of what they're up against. So it's a very that's a very interesting line and i'm curious what it goes into the culture of the co-op malat where they're they only take these kind of contracts or these kind of oaths so um and and i don't know if picard's you know elmer's older now so i'm not sure we can maybe equate his his feelings to his nephew who he didn't get to spend a whole lot of time with, but um, he's certainly known him very long, but it's kind of like when he was a child. So mm-hmm. they, he doesn't have like a, 
a very strong bond in my opinion it's not like he was there during his formative years he kind of was there as a kid and then he left and then now he's back um and honestly i think elner just wanted to get the hell off that planet (laughs) i think he wanted to go go have his life go explore and have his life and and go and see space and see other worlds and kind of reminded me of alec from last starfighter remember last starfighter kid at the, no, uh, the, the trailer oh, park yeah. and uh you know played the game got recruited into the uh the, the space force whatever it was called and so so yeah it's it's the or the, the luke skywalker wants wants to get off of of tatooine right. and explore see exactly. things so yes he yeah was, like okay I've, I've trained myself so much within mm-hmm. the boundaries of what i know i want to go test that i'm the confined peak of space. where i'm at i want to go test that out in the wild and see what i can do and it turns out he's a very adept fighter you know and you know we're going to get into his relationship with a few other characters who he had particularly um good scenes with or right uh, let's hear a that scene with <laughs> <laughs> um so we've, we've kind of talked about his relationship with picard i like else to have any thoughts that, on that i like to think of that relationship as sort of a fallen hero worship he yes. he yes. he idolized picard as a child that's very well presented in the show mm-hmm. and then picard leaves and while he thinks fondly of picard he he at the beginning there he is very reluctant to be you know civil with him he's mad yeah now you need and, me so I'm right. going to let you know how I feel before I go and do what you want me to do. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I I really kind of support that attitude. I wish they had been able to provide some more context for the growth that they had because it's mentioned in that episode and then just sort of Elnor just tags along with everything else. And there there really isn't sort of a, a moment where Picard can redeem himself with Elnor. And then halfway through the series, Elnor's like, well, you know, I'm going to go hang out with this XB over here. Cheers. <laughs> that felt a little weird to the character biting a blade. You know, we're going to jump through the the spatial, whatever it was, uh, on the board in the queen cell. And Elnor, having bound his blade, doesn't just be like, well, there could be dangers where you're going. I'll jump through with you. He's just like, well, I'll stay here and give you time to go. It's like, we have a teleporter. Just hop on we'll, we'll bounce it's cool um <laughs> come on let's little, go <laughs> right even. you know uh, hugh you can come with us it's, it's fine um that would have been very interesting but i yeah the fallen hero worship there elnor um elnor is is very aff- affectionate towards picard through the series right it's hard not to be i mean they all know him as jean-luc picard so it's like he he did all these things he's the glue you know Mm -hmm. actually rafi's the glue mama Mama rafi's the glue because she's actually getting shit done she's drunkenly convincing the ship convincing starfleet to, to let them pass this huge like security barrier to get into the cube you know she's like getting the la serena and Rio's yeah. on board. You know, she she is the the she's she's the uh doing all she's still the commander, she's doing all the stuff, she's still the XO, she's getting all the shit done, 
you know, and Picard's kind of still the leader. So mm. anyway, that's that's more of a Rafi Picard comment. Yeah. But um, I also I know we we had a list of people we want to talk about, but I also want to add Hugh to that because. Oh, yeah. Um, Hugh and, and Elner had a really amazing buddy cop kind of dynamic it was it was short but it was it was one of the things that excited me mid-season i was like okay i'm gonna actually keep watching this is awesome Uh, it was a very quick connection too um you mm -hmm. know and they they did bother to give that throwaway line is is he found a cause even more lost than picard's which was that of the xbs and their treatment under whatever government was actually ruling them um and and he and Hugh connected very quickly with very little, um, I don't know, very little fuss. As, I don't know the words to say there. They, they did. Just, they really. Hey, they were like, buddies. Cool. Right. And, and he was like, "I'm so glad you're here. You know, like we're gonna fucking take this cube over yeah. and kill those Romulans and rah." And then, boom. And you know, Jonathan <laughs> had really good on-screen presence together too. And that is something that you you see very often criticized in, in other shows and stuff like this, where two characters are put in the same room together and the actors don't have that chemistry to make it believable. But, you know, I think I was very invested in the urgency of Hugh and Elnor on the cube. Uh, I would almost gather, I would almost venture to say that I was more vested in Hugh and Elnor on the cube than I was in the, the finale path. not even oh, the, the finale the yeah. finale I, there was we more got, urgency there we we got the um i i'm pretty sure that the episode the episode nepenthe i think it was seven right episode nepenthe? seven yeah nepenthe it feels, it feels like it was about um seven. it was around around episode seven <clears throat> we sure. got not only troy Riker and um Picard meeting up again, but we also, I think, in the same episode, didn't we get uh, the cube fight with Narissa? Mm-hmm. So that was like one of my favorite episodes because not only am, are you pulling my my emotions out on Nepenthe, but you're also like all the action with these two actors who have incredible chemistry on screen. Um, by far the best writing because they were going back and forth so much. Um, and then seven comes in again. It's just awesome. That was one of my favorite episodes. And Arissa's your favorite, so I, I'm, I'm sure you were you're excited about her <laughs> doing battle with with Elnor. And she was so perfectly insidious in that oh, episode yeah. too. It just captured everything. <laughs> yeah, I love her. Um, so so anything more we want to say on Hugh? Because I feel like you know you had Picard, and then you kind of had him bond with. Hugh, uh, kind of immediately after, you know. No, I think you hit. Elnor is so he's still such a baby. He's like the kid who knows karate but doesn't know like like social wow. order, like right, social, no social stuff. Skill, like he can like totally belt. defend you when your lunch money is getting taken, but then like he doesn't know like. <laughs> how to tell a girl like he thinks that she's pretty <laughs> so i was oh my God, totally right. gonna make the, the commentary that that elnor is the dungeons and dragons the, the dungeons and dragons player put all of their skills into elnor being a martial 
Yeah, badass. he's power leveled. But oh, the yeah. the the wisdom score is low. Intelligence is moderate. He doesn't have a strength modifier. He's got super high dex, pretty okay constitution, and everything else is in how to use these yeah he's he's a uh he's a crunchy gamer not an rp gamer for yeah. sure yeah but he's still so so he's still like a baby with a sword sometimes it's like um but that's what makes me love him and i i'm really hoping he starts to hone in more on that social side through in season two I am interested and invested kind of in his story because we didn't get to see a whole lot of him because we're so focused on the first season of exposition and right. everything else that's going on. And now we can focus more on, okay, what's the story of season two? We don't have to go around and gather all these people. He's already, all already in one place. So let's see what kind of relationships develop and what's going to happen. So, um, I yeah, hope he gets his I think, time. I, I, I do. Yeah. Same. Definitely same. Um, so let's talk about Rafi. Okay. And, and Elnor. Yep. And Elnor. Dak, I want to know what you want, because you wanted to talk about Rafi and him. So I'm curious what you... What was the connection well, you were making the connection. there? connection. I mean, the connection there is is more, in my opinion, it's more implied. And I've been thinking about, like, trying to find moments between Rafi and Elnor that made sense to the scene in question. And that's the scene where, um, having believed Picard has died. Elnor cries in Raffi's arms. Mm -hmm. Now, Raffi is Mama Raffi, and she just loves everybody who's having a hard time. Right. Anybody yeah. who's down on their luck gets her attention. Yeah, they're commiserating in that moment, too. Right, you know? they are commiserating. And, and maybe that's the only real part there. Um, there aren't a number of scenes that come to mind when I think of, of Raffi and Elnor, so maybe this relationship is more like a footnote. It was something where Elnor, there, there was a measure of trust there that Elnor could come to her and just poof, be, you know, not turned away. Anybody else, it might have seemed weird. And I've said in the past that I probably would have preferred Rios in that role just to get two dudes having a tender moment on screen. But we yeah, got especially Rafi and him instead. Yeah, well, Rafi and Rios both had their own kind of relationship with Picard. You know, I think in, in Rios and and if it was Rios and Elnor, it would have been a hero thing. Like, our hero has fallen. Like, we knew him. We got to meet him. And now he's, like, fallen. Yeah. But with Rafi, it's like, I had a very close relation, working relationship with this person. I know his flaws. I see those. I accept those. I love him anyway. And uh, Elnor is, like, you know, he's he's sad because, of course, he's sad. He's, mm -hmm. you know, still working through how to deal with the world and seeing the death of someone he knew since his childhood, probably someone who was still really important to him, but he had, like, a mythic idea of. Right. Like, that, and then got to meet him again and protect him and do that oath. You know, maybe he had dreams one day of, like, finding his sword to Picard's cause or something. <laughs> I, I would like to think that that's... Um, that was a thing, but Dag was it? Yeah, was it it's you or just Watney? a different dynamic, it, it, right? Watney, I, th I think it might have been you. It was either you or, or, or Dag. Uh, we were talking off air about that that scene. Uh, you have to remind me about how at the uh, the last episode of Picard, you had Raffi and Elnor 
and Rios and seven of nine, but that should have been swapped. It would have meant a lot more had it been Elnor and Rios talking together and Rafi and seven of nine. Elnor and yeah. Rios would have given me that male tender moment. And then seven of nine and Rafi would have at least been um, uh, a preface. Prelude. Yeah. yeah. Prelude to them holding hands and getting closer in the, in the, fina- in the final the, Literally scene. the last out, the, the, the last zoom out. scene, the zoom out. The, had to the rewind it, be like, wait a minute, did I just see what I what I thought I saw? I know, yeah, and we It was a Kelto game. That was amazing, right? Yeah, but there was also <laughs> a bottle of alcohol next to Rafi, which makes me think that they're foretelling that it's not going to be a healthy relationship because is, Seven oh, really, has yeah. has issues with that herself. Rafi has... Well, Seven may not have issues, but she definitely uses it as a tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Rafi definitely has issues because she has to remove her, but <laughs> her I, privileges I, from the replicator. So yeah, I think um, that would have been a much better setup. And 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 Dag is right. There, what's what's the crime in having a a male tenderness moment? And 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 why is that 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 is uh, kind of what we're what we're still in with with TV and movies? It's like you can't have two guys on screen share a moment like that uh, mm-hmm. i mean elnor is like a kid we've accepted that he's he's a kid he's uh he's young he's um uh, well i don't want to say naive but he's uh oh, what's the word i'm looking he is for? naive absolutely right, he's, he, oh we're playing pretend oh we're lying like you know right that's naive naivete that is what that is i mean so. what what would have been the harm and Watney, I want to get this from uh, from both of you, from Watney and Dag. So, what would have been the harm of having the two of them, Elnor and Rios, share that scene? And why is it that here we are in in 2020, and we're still not getting a a, a kid with an older brother figure shoulder to cry on, or or, or something? Yeah, I th- I think. In the case of these specific writers for Picard, I don't think they would have shied away from two men expressing themselves together and confiding in each other and that sort of thing. I don't think that this set of writers is scared of doing that. Um, I do think that they looked at it and I do think it would have been better the other way. I I will say I think it would have been better if Seven and Rafi had had some kind of interaction before <laughs> they started like hooking up, which is fine. Maybe they were like all still like in adrenaline mode and then mm-hmm. they finally like were able to relax and then get to know each other. But um, Elnor is the kid. Rafi's the mom. So that's what they were thinking, pairing them together rios and seven are the hard asses so they're gonna commiserate in this much the same way whereas elnor and rafi are going to commiserate in the same way not that rafi isn't a hard ass but she is more mom than hard ass i think i think she kind of masks that maternal instinct with her badassness which is her okay her character so i think that they were a good pair they were paired up well in that sense that they would have mourned in the same way but i think that it would have been a great opportunity to not only get that male to male interaction of emotional interaction from rios and elnor and also prelude um i mean i can see it both ways i think that 
it would have been probably better the other way, but I understand why they went the way they did. Okay. Dag? I'm I'm really inclined to agree with Watney here. I, I think that they put those two together for those reasons. And, you know, it may not even have occurred to them to think about that kind of representation on screen. Um, and and even though it was represented with Elnor and and Raffi, it did kind of subvert the trope of the the woman crying into the man's arms. You have Elnor, a man, and it's okay for him to be tender, and it's okay for him to be tender with a woman. Um, and that also may not be something that is you know highly represented on screen as well. Is it I okay just, though, because he's been viewed as the kid? Not because he has a masculine personality. I think it absolutely is okay. Um, I think Elnor's actually a very, um, and he's a very elevated masculine personality now that I say that. Because you have like the toxic masculinity mm-hmm. t- type aspect where you like, you're, you're putting yourself in this own cage. If I have to be buff, I can't show any emotion. But Elnor is kind of like, he's the warrior. He's the elevated masculine, you know, and he's not afraid to be himself he's not afraid to express himself and i think that that's kind of what i see now that i'm talking about it um yeah anyway um, what were you saying dag no i just um i've been trying to just like put it together and like my brain is very used to just making sense of all the different situations and being okay with all of them and um in in any of the cases i thought it was really cool that elnor was free to be vulnerable without yes without without self-shaming first of all and you know because the that whole stereotype men don't cry right um and, and and men can internalize that and hold themselves back from sharing those kinds of expressions but also that you know nobody watching that would dare call elmore weak or whatever the the terms are for a dude that can freely cry in front of a woman or mm-hmm. or anybody I thought that was fantastic. Um, I think it's because he was also raised by warrior woman and Rafi kind of like taps the the feeling of that a little bit for him. Uh, yeah. Like he feels really comfortable around her and probably why he also feels really comfortable around seven. Right. Um, those he, are he like was raised by his, strong women. He, he was raised by, by yeah, strong women care women and I'm sure he's like gravitates to that in terms of like, oh, I've had a shit day. I need to go cry <laughs> and I'm right. going to look for Rafi because he's the closest thing I got. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I thought that they were really beautiful scenes, no matter which way you look at it. However, they it, were there was all a missed nothing. opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> they were all for nothing yeah. because Picard gets resurrected like the next. <laughs> Scene. so who the fuck cares what else happened when, uh, who, who, why 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 do we care if they were mourning it doesn't matter he's gonna be resurrected i thought picard was actually dead but then i was like oh yeah the golem is kind yeah. of like the unshot gun you mm. know so you have to like think about that and yeah whatever right. Jay, you make you make me want to put on our schedule a uh a miles o'brien julian bashir appreciation uh, episode yes. so we can we can we can get our our bros and arms bros and arms yes we we should we should put that on the books well it, it, it's not something that we that we get a lot of and you're, you're talking about uh about Bashir and O'Brien and that was that was mid 90s that we see that 
uh, that, um, you know, that, that, that bro ship there. And I just, I, I agree with what Watney said, the way that they did it pairing, uh, in that, in that scene of mourning Elnor with Raffi and Rios with seven of nine. Yes. I'm not saying that it, um, that it didn't look like it was, uh, just out of nowhere. And like, this was a bad matchup. I, I totally get what you're talking about. It was more of a uh, a young man with a mother figure, and then your your two rogues. Uh, so sure, it was fine how it was. It just it would have been better had they switched those two and and pair them up differently. Because it's like what what Dag said. Uh, you have this opportunity where you can have something that you don't see much of, or at least I don't see much of on uh, the TVs and, and movies is the, the whole boys don't cry kind of thing. And especially not in mm-hmm. front of another, in front of another dude, you know, and um, you don't get moments like that that often. I, I think one of the, one of the few that jumps in into mind was the uh, uh, fast and furious was it movie number six, seven, eight? The the one that was uh, uh, Paul Walker's last movie, but he there had to be uh, a lot of like CGI and his brother stand in with because he uh, I think it he was, was the killed and was the seventh one uh, at the at the end. Him and uh, uh, Vin Diesel's character were you know looking at each other and just in that moment sharing that that family, that bond, that, that respect. And you don't get that that much. It's, it's kind of this Hollywood don't have, don't have two guys in a moment kind of thing, unless you're doing, um, men on men, gay porn, like, you know, then it's okay. Anything else? No. Uh, there's no, why, why don't we have that middle ground? Why is it either it's, it's this or that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, it's because of the way that society has normalized men suppressing their emotions Mm -hmm. in order to seem like more men. So the thing is, is the more you do it, the more of a man you are. Mm -hmm. And it's like an arms race, basically, until someone explodes. Or, you know, like when men are much less likely to have attempted suicides because they're not crying for help. They you actually say, you say attempted because they're more likely to they're more likely the to to have a successful suicide. Right. Um, oh, and okay. I, I that is because they have issues expressing themselves and their depression depression rates are higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's because they feel they don't have access to what a lot of women do, which are these close bonds where you're not just exchanging like you're not just communicating to exchange information like a lot of guys do you're communicating in these female relationships to maintain a relationship to express yourself and your emotion Mm -hmm. to have connection Mm -hmm. and so a lot of men don't don't feel like if they do that that makes them less of a man when in reality that really just releases them from the toxic masculinity that society has kind of created you know like oh we're men we're superior we're alpha um the alpha male the beta male all that nonsense Mm -hmm. you know um and i think you know 
a lot of unfortunately it wasn't in this case a thing we didn't get to see that on screen um but i hope that moving forward in the show we do get a lot of moments like that i think that would be beautiful and great i hope we get more character development with the crew itself because i think we have a unique build out of people um you know the first season was kind of all over the place i think because we were running around to get everybody right yeah it was a big fetch quest basically (laughs) um that's a new word so now now that we have everyone (laughs) yeah i mean basically so now that we have everybody i'm hoping that everyone starts to get more and i'm sure they will but we'll just see how the writers have to do with that right and here's here's the thing that that gets me and you guys tell me if i'm wrong but when it comes to uh depicting a salacious brother and sister inappropriate uh you know kind of thing between like narek and narissa you know very game of thrones like uh Mm -hmm. you know brother and your sister hooking up kind of thing that's easy don't even bat an eye on it. Yeah, we can do that. Uh, when you have two two female characters that bond, it takes them like you know three and a half minutes to bond together and be close and be be hooking up. Yeah, sure, we can do that. No problem. That's easy. But but hold on, let's pump the brakes now. When we want to have two guys, you know, be, being being upset at the same time over an event is like okay. Whoa, whoa. It, well, they primed yeah. us with Game of Thrones for eight years, right? Yeah. To <laughs> maybe maybe a decade fully after you look at the whole thing, but they primed us for that. And honestly, that relationship in Game of Thrones was way more explicit, way more like obvious. You know, it oh, was yeah. that was how it was. That's the nature of that that characters those characters' relationships. I mean, I think it's no more obvious than how Bran caught the two in but the you're not going to see that on a cbs show you're going to get not, it right. the, the implication it's not an hbo where you're going to see that yeah. happen. Sure. it's it's the it's it's cbs and they're going to imply it and i honestly it is what it is um i think they were kind of capitalizing on the tabooness of game of thrones by um writing them the way they did i don't know just incest came so easily for them but you can't have a, a young boy grieve the loss of a father figure with a dude that's like you know i i i don't know i don't know how how um like in game of thrones though if we're making the comparisons like where are where are those scenes with guys in game of thrones what do we see i'm thinking jamie and his brother uh Tyrion, maybe that's about it I, um mm, um john snow and the brotherhood Thor, what's his name? The 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 red red headed guy, Tormund. (laughs) Yes, I need to rewatch it actually. Um, Okay, that was that was a good. There were there were a few soft moments between brothers in arms in Thrones. I'm you know, and I'm even branching out into other you know, and we're going way off subject here, but that's fine. um, I'm okay with it. You know, like Lord of the Rings, you've got Aragorn and Gimli and Legolas, and the three of them share a very tight brother in arm connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No man in Lord of the Rings is the always super stoic, don't touch me, don't talk to me kind of guy. Multifaceted, pro- three dimensional. Yeah, all the protagonist yes. men in Lord of the Rings are very open and and feeling and affectionate, and nobody gives them crap for it. Um, 
Yeah, it's beautiful. It's like a reverse Bechdel Bechdel test. It's like (laughs) Bechdel test. Like you have the the Bechdel test is if you have uh, two women on screen, they each have separate names and they talk about something that isn't related to a man. Right. Then in that case, it passes the Bechdel test. Uh, And I'm probably butchering the name, whatever. I've been reading it for years, so I'm just (laughs) saying what I know. I've heard by name, I didn't know that's what it was. The reverse Bechdel test is, um, and what we should do is you have two guys on screen, Mm -hmm. they talk about their emotions, and they each have names. (laughs) Like, uh, or maybe something like, maybe not names, but it would be cool to have something like that where you're, where you like, oh, does this pass the, the test for men is where not, they don't just talk about exchanging information they talk about their feelings with one another i think that would be like pretty neat one thing i do want to consider between the three of us is that you know we all are pursuing our own exposés into whatever media we consume and we all consume very different media um on a frequent basis aside from star trek of course right and so it could also just be that we don't see it because we don't expose ourselves to that kind of media as frequently as we could it's out there I just don't watch a lot of TV anymore. (laughs) Yeah, but I think it's interesting that within our spaces, we're kind of noticing like the same things. Right. And we have the similar opinions about within the space, what needs to happen to elevate it, I think. And and it's not just about fitting things in for um, like a social justice advocate, like agenda. It's about elevating the art to a level that's more three-dimensional, more enriched, more developed. You know, it's not just about fitting things in. It's about these are things that should happen in real life. They probably do happen. But with guys, if there's any expression of emotion, it's not going to be with other guys. I guarantee you it's not going to be in a group. Right. It's, it's going to be one-to-one. You know, and I'm sure it's mm-hmm. happening, but it's still taboo within a group. It and that's the kind of thing you have to show online that it's okay. Right. Well, and it happens so infrequently that you can count it. You, 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 can, yes. you can count how many times that you've, that you've seen that. Uh, you know, there was, we, we did the uh, Deep Space Nine with Julian uh, Bashir and Miles O'Brien. There's uh, Lord of the Rings with the, uh, you know, the Gimli, Aragorn, and Legolas. Uh, and into a degree also the, um, uh, you know, Frodo and, and Samwise, you have, um, oh crap. Well, well uh, interestingly that what was the other one? Think, while, while you remember that one, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the Netflix original cartoon specials are, are doing this really well. Okay. Uh, Voltron, legendary defender, She-Ra princesses of power, the dragon prince. Each of those shows has moments of affection between two or more dudes who are not related or in a relationship right and uh the the age ranges vary in in voltron it's it's men of about the same age mm-hmm. in uh princess's power um you've got uh, you've got some father figures and in the dragon prince you've got um, you know, a sort of a, a, a mentor to a child, as well as a couple of parent figures in mm-hmm. these roles. And so, you know, that's, that's where I'm looking at to see these relationships fulfilled. And um, it's, it's out there. That's a cool thing. Yeah. It, uh, Game of Thrones was the one I was, I was drawn to right. on, uh, with um, uh, Jon Snow and uh, Thormund. And uh, it, spoilers, if you haven't seen it, have any of you seen Shameless? 
No. I'm not. Uh, okay. Well, th- there, there, there was. Uh, I don't want to give up anything, but basically, this this topic was covered in a way that at first seemed like, um, okay, what the hell? This is just a, a salacious kind of thing, and ended up being very believable and probably the most so um, unexpectedly in regards to uh, you know male on male relationship um but you know you can count them on one hand how often that happens and i i I think that uh this opportunity with with elnor hopefully they they will come back around to that i i don't think that there's any reason why they can't and and in the second season you can have more of a bond between rios and, and elnor like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna teach this kid how to how to fly a ship or you know he's gonna uh, you know here's advice on how to talk to women or you know just the the guy stuff there there's a there's a foundation there but it can still be a friendship that's that's built upon like uh you know the elnor's that that wholesome little brother that's a triple black belt that you know you said yeah he could kick anyone's butt but he's he's naive so there's a lot of potential there now I want to flip the script and I want to talk about Elnor and Narek. Okay. And Narissa. Two Romulans that, uh, uh, you know, and Narissa can come in there too. As you know, these guys are all the same race and uh, they each seem to have very competing goals, but in their in regards to their relationships to each other, um, Elnor and Narissa were adamantly oppositional. There was never going to be any kind of alliance between the two of them they were going to fight to the death if given the chance it's so interesting you point out the obvious thing that they're the same race but i didn't really like (laughs) i mean i knew that they were but it's not like something that they talk about right in the show Mm -hmm. and it's like it's almost like they're treated so separately you know, it's it's a very good, uh, I think, portrayal of how within a race you can have people who look different, you can have people who act different, you can have people in different cl- different clans, different groups, different secret societies, different warrior societies, mm-hmm. who are at odds with each other. <clears throat> um, now I would like to know your thoughts, both of you, I guess, on Narek and and uh, Elnor's like interactions because. They were pretty like few and far between. I think that what the what we saw was Elnor like putting his knife against Narek's throat when he got into La Serena towards the right. end and was like, choose to live. And Narek's like, I definitely choose to live. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I very like, much no, finally, I finally somebody out. answers it and doesn't macho their way out of the situation because they know it's stupid to do that. <laughs> I just want to point out that for for a guy who's been brought up under absolute candor. He is a sneaky son of a bitch. (laughs) Like you'd think somebody like that would announce his presence first instead of showing up one with a with a corkscrew kick to the back of the head on Vashti, two dropping down on three dudes out of nowhere on a board cube. Like how did he even get up there? The absolute (laughs) candor is he he will not only kill you with his honesty, but he may also kill you with his sword. 
the and candor yeah. involved in being sneaky is like look i'm better than you haha ha, i got you like right i i'm i'm being sneaky in a way that's proving to you that i'm better than you right you like, could have been you that. could have been dead but i'm yeah. going to give you the the choice like you know th think about yeah it. and you're outmatched so <laughs> oh, right so right. here's our here's our elnor and hugh moment yeah, yeah i i he was just there. so upset you can tell there. his his acting look at that look at that beautiful shot <laughs> i i do think that the set the board cube set was amazing yeah um it was really nice i just love elnor like the more i think about it i just think was i in budding was i, I just want him to get more aware and i think a big part of his development throughout the series is that he will become more like less like the kid who less yeah. like the kid who will punch out someone for stealing lunch money mm -hmm. and He's, more like the kid who has social awareness on the playground. probably get the growth arc that Wesley deserved. Yes, yes, it's, I can I can see yeah. that. Shout out to Will. Yes. I mean, I say this so hopefully, you know, hindsight, looking at the season, it's I was I was very disappointed. But if I look at the overall, but if I look at things granularly, like Elnor and his arc, I do. I am. I do want to see where that goes. I, I will watch for that at least. Um, he and Narek so. were at odds. Uh, he even specified straight up, like, "I don't like you." And uh, while Narek was telling the tale of Gan Madan, um, El Elnor was was rolling his eyes and you know almost mocking his the 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 belief in that. Uh, which, I wonder if he'd on, heard on, that before. Which, yeah, I was just speaking my fingers. I was like, wait, Elnor, you knew about this thing the whole time, and you're just now telling us that you knew about it? We could have saved us because so the much Jean weirdness. Because <laughs> the Javash are boogeymen. They're not supposed to exist. Right, but absolutely. They're, like, candor. worse than the tall Shi'ar. Oh, you mean yeah, those but, guys but, but that it remind me of that fairy tale I saw that one time? Tell us about the fairy tale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, oh, not only are you Javash, but you believe in this. It's like, of course, it's Kandor because he's rolling his eyes because he's he grew up in a in a serious clan of warriors. I mean, not that the Javash isn't, but they're definitely different. I'm, and obviously, they fought before because Nerissa knew exactly how he moved knew exactly his fighting style oh, yeah. was able to taunt him into putting his weapon down like well do you he, think he's going to challenge that jawline i mean forget about it you know look he's got a jawline too but I but, Nare but narissa's cute. just make a grown man cry i mean you're not gonna you make me cry she's got a jawline forever i love it cut yeah. scene to, to jay before the show <laughs> narissa's jawline <laughs> Kidding. Yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, like, no, we're not going to show that. Up. Right. Her jawline's so good. And dang blur. There you go. Push. <laughs> she knows there what buttons go. to push with everyone. Yeah. I think. Like. Yeah. No, she's not. Except for that. her brother, who she's emotionally compromised with, which is very weird to say. I know it's dumb, but she like wants to just be around him. You're giving me the after the cube crash. After the cube crashes, she wants to like, hey, let me show you my fucking treehouse. And then he goes back, just <laughs> takes he just takes the grenades and leaves. Um, and yeah. she's like, well, clearly we're not on the same page anymore. Right. So. Yeah, I'm gonna take these and dip. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure he's weirded out by it now after falling in love with Soji. Oh, now, so. right now he is. Jeez Louise. Please <sighs> anyway, get these images out of my let's head. Let's talk Lonnie. about Elnor. Yeah, and Narek. I mean, you make a good point about the whole like around the fire thing i don't like you yeah <laughs> look at that 
He's a great actor, I think. I think he I think he moves forward with Narek because Rios and Rafi have expressed a trust in him. And it's sort mm-hmm. of the I, the enemy of my enemy. Like mm-hmm. these synths are gonna kill everybody. You just wanna kill them. And so right now, let's stop the synths, but got my eye on you boy right <laughs> i'm watching you <laughs> i mean if he could sneak up into la serena without anybody noticing until that blade is at Narek's throat and then everybody jumps back in surprise I, i'm yeah. sure he had security clearance for la serena because he was kind of the bodyguard still kind of right. scary right. So. but he just showed up with the, the sword out of nowhere and rios mm-hmm. and rafi should have been in his line of sight and even they were surprised that's cool yeah um him and narissa again straight up nothing but malevolence between the two they they would have fought and killed each other on that cube i legit loved the scenes with them though like yeah i loved the fight like it was good it was good it was intense the acting was great of course because narissa was in the scene um Mm -hmm. you know and they're just the peak of themselves they're in their primes they're you know, yeah. physically the most fit. They're and they're fucking Romulans fighting each other. I mean, what is better on screen? I love it. I love that. And you know, it dawns on me for thinking back to Elnor and Raffi. Elnor gets very affectionate very quickly with the the women leads in this show with Seven of Nine. She shows up and wipes out the Romulans, and Elnor's right there in her arms because Hugh died. Um, yeah, so that that mom. there is a precedent there for that. Well, I think that oh, takes us back. That to... means that means Seven and Raffi are going to be Elnor's mommies in season two. No! Oh yes, <laughs> yes, mom and mom. Oh yeah. <laughs> Why am I so excited? Like I'm mad that they're together. I'm mad that they ended up together because there was no prelude. Like oh. that, I, I'm not hating on the pairing moving forward. I'm hating on like there was nothing before to say <laughs> yeah. that. Like show me on screen, show me on screen, please something. Like that's why I'm upset. I you know I love to I would love to see that. I think and that's gonna how, be fucking great. How are we going to do a like you said you they, you know with with Raffi in the bottle and and that sort of temptation being there. Is season two going to just move right beyond that? Is it even going to address it? Will alcohol just be a coping skill that nobody has any side effects from? Or do you think that they're going to find a way to put together a 24th century science fiction dysfunctional relationship between two women, one of whom is ex-Borg and the other one is a tinfoil conspiracist? It's important to show lesbian relationships that are normal, are not perfect it's important to show that it's not just for the male gaze right it's very important to show that on screen and i hope that we get a dynamic like tumultuous i'm sorry rafi and seven (laughs) a a tumultuous relationship um well let's go back to what's easy to depict from hollywood when it comes to two women simple easy we'll we'll do that all day like we said, two guys, eh, uh-uh, that's a taboo. We can't have any emotions between two dudes. But you put put two women together and you have these men writing women all day. They, they could turn a whole season uh, out of it. Yeah, and I think that it is still important, like, within their own circles to see that, both right. of them. 
Um, and I'm very glad that we are getting to see that. Um, you know, it's easy to to show lesbians on screen, unfortunately, because of the fetishization that lesbians have mm-hmm. with the male gaze. And um, it is a little bit, you know, in, in a lot of instances, it is catering to that. But I think hopefully in Picard, it's not going to be like that, that they're going to have like a rough relationship a normal relationship a relationship with conflict you know they each have their own baggage but yes. maybe they're finding solace in each other but sure that 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 like honeymoon phase lasts x amount of months so um but yeah and i i think it was it wasn't it was easy for them to do that but at the same time like seven was such like a sex symbol mm-hmm. out of voyager that like a lot of people are upset about that, um, about it happening that way, you know, like well, she was she's brought supposed on to be with Chakotay. Well, but she was brought uh, on Chakotay, explicitly for her know? assets to attract to the uh, younger exactly. male demographic. So when you have a character start there, point mm-hmm. A, and now we see her so many years later at point E in her development <laughs> point Z in her development yeah. mm-hmm. you know it's you're subverting expectations in a beneficial way but a way that's going to upset people who saw her originally right. so which I'm if the, yeah I mean I am too I'm not I upset just I'm just that, saying there, yeah. there's a reality here that you can't like just say oh you're an asshole sure but this is a reality for a lot of fans. I'm okay with it being like that, but that is unfortunately my why prediction in season got two. into her. Yep. Yep. My prediction in season two is that Elnor is going to uh, uh, find an attraction with uh, Jurati. I think those two are going to pair up and uh, he's going no, to. No, Soji before yes. that. Ooh. But Jurati and Rios are already kind of an item. I'll just, don't remind Jirati me. Jurati and Rios are already an item. I would like to see Soji. Okay. Elnor and Soji would be very cute because they, they, they both kind of fit. You know, they're both at that you know, naive, young phase mm-hmm. of, of life. Okay, you sold me. Yeah. And uh and, yeah, and you're right, and Elnor is gonna get advice from his two moms. Yeah, I think that would be so cute. That'd be so funny. Not just that, but it would be really interesting to see Elnor in his role of absolute candor approach them when they are both at their wits end with each other and other things and just be like is this really valuable to you two like why do you do this to yourselves just as the child (laughs) approaching the 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 tension between you makes me uncomfortable (laughs) yeah these these eternal mentor these maternal mentors and just straight up through his honesty in better words than i can dish out now really make them aware of the value of their relationship with each other over whatever the stupid thing bugging them is that is the camel that breaks the straw or the straw that breaks the camel's back. Uh-huh. Uh, that mm-hmm. would be a cool scene to see because that might set Raffi and Seven on a different path to mutual healing in terms of, um, you know, whatever. You know, bonding is. over this kid that they are bonding with. Okay. Like the bond, the bond together. Yes. Because obviously Rafi has a son that she has no maternal energy to put oh, towards. <laughs> so I she's going to be like keying too. in on Eleanor and seven, oh. you know, she's just fucking great. 
I I'm so glad she's still I'm, on the show, dude. I'm happy that she turned into this really strong independent badass on her own right, but I want to reserve my thoughts on that for the seven retrospective. Yeah, let's yeah. let's yeah, move let's into that, that though. Words. I think we're no, I think we're well, no, no, no. We want I want to talk about seven and Elnor. Elnor, that's our that's our last little stop i think so right? they yeah. had they had two significant scenes together where he's fighting the romulans and she shows up and then again at the end where they're sitting in the board cube and if you're uh if you're just listening to the audio we have an image up here of uh elnor and seven sitting side by side in the crashed cube mm -hmm. talk about that one <laughs> the whole thing the whole act. thing wow. is well fine but that's the whole scene is because Narek is sneaking back in yeah you know and the um you know mr security ninja wizard uh <laughs> apparently didn't detect that at all well he did because he goes after him but he didn't detect him in that moment or if he did he was letting him in which i doubt that he would have done so mm. um I just meant to talk more on the Elmore. You know, thing. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, just contextually, yes, that was kind of what was going on. However, uh, Elnor says in this scene, "Why don't they just die to about the XBs?" Right? Mm -hmm. And I have a big issue with him saying that. The writing is weird there. The writing is so weird. It's it's bizarre to me that they would have him say that. He's not surely he's not that naive. Um, hold on, I'm gonna sneeze. <laughs> nothing nothing came out. Oh no, God, let it I out. <laughs> I, I just had. How do you sneeze silently? <laughs> What's that? Star Trek, okay, Star Trek has had a history of writing lines for people in a scene, and then for one reason or another, one of those actors is unavailable, so they take those lines and they just throw it at another person. The best example is in Star Trek Generations, you've got Chekhov. Oh, yes. Chekhov is reading all of the lines that were written for DeForest Kelly as, as McCoy, and the production couldn't get insurance on DeForest Kelly for that role because he was uh, a little frail. Mm -hmm. And so they just gave those lines to Walter Koenig and Walter Koenig says them. And if you watch that scene on Generations in the beginning where Walter Koenig is speaking to these various people, it makes more sense to sound like it's coming from a doctor than Chekhov. Mm -hmm. Specifically when he says, you, you, you've just become nurses, come with me. That's a very McCoy line to say. Yes. So what if in this scene here, this lot, these lines weren't written for Elnor and Seven, but they were written for Raffi and Seven? Because uh, Raffi would be the one who would sympathize more with not having a path and just thinking about the nihilism of it all. And then okay. Raffi turning to Seven saying, because I'd miss you, prelude. Um, hmm. But Raffi <laughs> okay. is with La Serena. Exactly. Right. exactly. Yeah. Uh, and also, it, like, it she weird. was available, I'm sure, to do the scene. So that that's a thought. You're right, Dag. That's a thought. Weird. It would be a lot better, I think, with Rafi because um you know, it just would have I think it would have been. It's kind of like an odd it's an odd scene. For Elnor's Elmore. optimism to mm. be replaced with this sort of fatalistic uh, fatalism 
it, yeah, it is. It's, it's like weird. you're, you're it's like, okay, well, you're now that you've been in, now that you've been a Borg, why don't you just kill yourself? Um, it's, it's really weird for Elnor to say that. And I think, you know, is it in his character? Hard to say. He has so very few scenes. Yes. Um, but if it is, okay, whatever. Yeah, like, it just, it just great. Feels weird. It does feel weird for the him to just say, like, why don't they just die? Like, New come head on. That was Raffi. <laughs> I accept it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that would be better. It would be better. But unfortunately, right. he's can... stuck in there with Seven because right. he called her yeah. there. So, yeah. Why? I, also, I that Borg that. should have been completely demolished. The, the cube? Rate it was falling out of this. Yeah, the board yeah. cube should have been completely just destroyed. Uh, the way it was falling from the sky. Better have air breaks from those the flowers. Even still, you would have left a crater the size so, of fucking Mars. I like, just want to point out that Toyota manufactured that board cube, and after uh, after all the camera crews left, they were ab actually able to turn that board cube into an ad for how well their board cubes hold up under atmospheric reentry. <laughs> Toyota, really? <laughs> not Honda? I'm a Honda girl. Oh. No, no, I'm sorry. It's it's not Honda. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> Headcanon, it's Honda for me, so. Just like, <laughs> I mean, if anything, it's no, I manufacturer think of the it's car. Volvo. <laughs> it's fucking Volvo, is what it is. No, I think, I think the Borg assimilated a Prius. That's what that's what I'm that's what my head cannon is. <laughs> yeah, if your Prius battery dies, you can just switch it out and like get a completely new car. Yeah, no, it was Nissan. Nissan made the cube. I will say, my sister did total her Nissan, it wasn't her fault, but someone hit her. It protected her extremely well. Well, how about yeah. Nissan? Nissan did a good job. What about there. Ford? So Ford found on road dead. Fucker only runs downhill. Found on. That's I mean, Capella Station doesn't start with an R. Driver yeah. returned on foot. Yes, they all did. <laughs> the drivers. Have you heard the Ford acronyms before? <laughs> I have. Okay. Found on road dead, whatever. Fucked on car has, car has excessive vehicular yields. Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. Yeah. Um, so who, who are we doing for our next uh, character assassination? Well, is is there any more to be said about about Elnor? I think we honestly, we I think we did our due diligence. We with did. The man. Yeah, the strongest relationship with him is is with Picard for sure. And then he starts and now developing these ties. He really it's doesn't have any connections with Gerardi. That's not an important connection. Him and Rios don't have much going on there. Rios constantly refers to him as the kid, which, you know, that sets up the, you know, it could set up that big brother relationship later. But, um, yeah, it was him and Picard and him and Hugh and him and Narek were, I think, the three most intense relationships that Elnor had mm -hmm. over the course of the show. For mm -hmm. sure. I think Rios and Soji have, like, a big brother type yeah. thing going on. You can totally see, like, Soji having a better relationship with all the Rios holograms than Rios does. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, my season. God, yes. 
that would be so great. You just see like Emmett be Please like, "Please give us this. Please Emmett, give us this." Emmett would just be like, "Yeah, she she fixed my rendering and and all the all she's like she's going through and like tweaking the holograms so they just have a better processing effectiveness or whatever. And mm-hmm. They start liking her more than they like Rios." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll make I think that. Next, that would be amazing. Uh, next up, after after this episode, we're going to be taking a look at Mama Rafi herself. Okay. okay All so right, Rafi. Rafi's going to be next. I think that'll be that'll be a good one. Rafi so, under the microscope. Yes, yes. That will be our next character assassination. And thank you, everyone, for sitting with us on talking about Elnor Watney. You want to tell uh, our listeners and our viewers where they can find us? Uh, we will yeah, assimilate sure. your ears everywhere. So here All, it is. Always. Um, you know, we do have a Patreon. We would love if we we could support us there. Um, Patreon.com slash Beyond Trek. Uh, our Twitter, which we're super active on, is um, at Beyond Trek Pod. So find us there. And then um, on Facebook, you can also find us Facebook.com slash Beyond Trek Productions. All right. All right. Th- thank you, Wani. We're, we're everywhere there. So, yeah. Any mm-hmm. closing thoughts from anyone before we beam on out of here? <laughs> Give me a good Elnor arc. I demand it of thee. Please. Yes. And as always, for all of your Trek expertise, go beyond with us every week. Bye. Bye. Live long and prosper. Hi, I'm Nacho uh, with Beyond Trek Productions. We're going to talk about um, Elnor today. Here's what I thought about Elnor. I think he's definitely very honorable. Yeah, Mitchell Worf and Deanna Troy, honestly, with his honesty. And, well, he seems very compassionate a lot. Picard seemed to really bond with Elnor when he was a child and, well, as an adult right now. Because, honestly, maybe I'm thinking about it now in my head. Maybe because Picard never really got a chance to have his own family, maybe he sees this as a second chance with Elnor. So he just teaches him how to fence and, well, tells him stories from Earth, like um, the Three Musketeers, and probably more with action and adventure. So he was basically the son Picard never had, because the last of his family, well, his nephew burned in that fire, so... Really, Picard's the last Picard, and I guess he just wanted redemption because he never spent time with his nephew or his any of her family. I think he definitely felt a little bit of failure when he left Elnor, but I think those two patched things up right when uh, he got Elnor from the planet. So the synth attacked um, the fleet, destroyed it too. And I guess Picard felt responsible for that, maybe. And then he left, and maybe that did mess things up with Elnor, but I think right after, and 14 years later, I think he patched things up really quickly because Elnor's honest and, well, Picard's very wise, so he figures some stuff out real quick. For Elnor's character arc, honestly, he seemed very naive uh, when he left the planet first, but when um, Picard took him out to space, show him everything, I think he became more aware of the world, or the galaxy, I would say. But, besides the naive part, he's very honorable, that's why I think he has a little mixture of uh, warp in him. 
Because he pledged his life to Picard to protect him. I think he bonded with, um, I would have to probably say maybe of Seven of Nine because Seven of Nine um, kind of shows me a little bit parent figure or mentor because she reminds me of uh, one of uh, the women he was raised with a little bit on the planet he was raised on. Eleanor for the next season, I think maybe he'll be more of a leader than a follower, maybe. I'm Nacho with Beyond Track Productions. Uh, follow us on YouTube and Facebook. We are Beyond Track Podcast. Lower your inhibitions and surrender your years. We will add inspirational and hilarious Trek content to your day. Your attention will adapt to subscribe to us.